onus a lot about Jesus, uh, it makes sense that we would now read about Jesus. And we're going to do that. We're going to open the Bible and read the Christmas account. comes to us from the book of Luke, uh, from chapter 2. And I'm going to invite Kathy up, and she's going to be reading for us this morning. Luke chapter 2 verse 1, the birth of Jesus. In those days, Caesar Augustus issued a decree that a census should be taken of the entire Roman world. This was the first census that took place while Quirinius was governor of Syria and everyone went to their own town to register. So Joseph also went up from the town of Nazareth in Galilee to Judea to Bethlehem, the town of David, because he belonged to the house and line of David. He went there to register with Mary, who was pledged to be married to him and was expecting a child. While they were there, the time came for the baby to be born, and she gave birth to her firstborn son. She wrapped him in cloths and placed him in a manger because there was no guest room available for them. And there were shepherds living out in the fields nearby, keeping watch over their flocks at night. An angel of the Lord appeared to them, and the glory of the Lord shone all around them, and they were terrified. But the angel said to them, Do not be afraid. I bring you good news that will cause great joy for all the people. Today in the town of David, a saviour has been born to you. He is the Messiah, the Lord. This will be a sign to you. You will find a baby wrapped in cloths and lying in a manger. Suddenly, a great company of the heavenly host appeared with the angel, praising God and saying, Glory to God in the highest heaven, and on earth, peace to those on whom his favour rests. When the angels had left them and gone into heaven, the shepherds said to one another, Let's go to Bethlehem and see this thing that has happened, which the Lord has told us about. So they hurried off and found Mary and Joseph and the baby who was lying in the manger. When they had seen him, they spread the word concerning what had been told them about this child. And all who heard it were amazed at what the shepherds said to them. But Mary treasured up all these things and pondered them in her heart. The shepherds returned, glorifying and praising God for all the things they had heard and seen which were just as they had been told. Awesome. Thank you, Cathy. I'm just going to grab this so I don't have to juggle too much stuff because that won't end well. Uh, I'm going to just talk a little bit about that Christmas story because we believe it's not just a a good story that's here to entertain us uh, or to describe things for us, uh, but... It's a story that God's given us to teach us, to teach us about himself and to teach us about what he is doing in this world. Before I explain what that is, uh, I want you to do something for me. Um, Don't worry, it's not, I'm not going to put you on the spot or anything. I just simply want you to complete a sentence in your head for me. Uh, Complete this sentence in your head. This Christmas, if I didn't have dot, 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 it would be ruined. Uh, This sentence, if I didn't have dot, 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 it would be ruined. Uh, or, if dot, dot, dot happened this, at Christmas, it would be a disaster. Have a think about that. What, what, uh, what would fill those blanks? 
in your head? What would be those things? Uh, maybe, maybe you're thinking, if it rained at Christmas, it would be ruined. You know, we'd all have to sit inside. The kids would be all on top of each other. It would be noisy and feral and messy. That, w- that would be a disaster. Uh, maybe it's um, if the chicken got undercooked and we all got sick. <laughs> like, that would be a disaster and that would be pretty awful. Uh, maybe, maybe if there were family arguments and we just ended up at each other all day rather than celebrating, that would be pretty rough. Maybe if I didn't get the present I wanted and if that thing that was at, right at the top of my Christmas list, mum and dad didn't actually buy for me, maybe that would ruin Christmas for you. Uh, when I was a kid, it was always, every year it was for me, what would be in the blank there if we didn't get to play backyard cricket. Christmas was ruined. Like, I love Christmas food, I love getting together with the family, love the parents, but backyard cricket, like, that was, that was it. We had a big family, like 20 cousins, and we used to have the most epic games of backyard cricket. And if we missed that, that was a bad Christmas. Like, that was, that, I can't know, I was, I was young. It was a letdown. Uh, maybe now it's if, if mum didn't cook her Christmas cake, that would be a letdown Christmas. And I know you're probably going to listen to this, mum, so just take note of that. <laughs> But it's an interesting question, isn't it? Like, it's an interesting question. What would be that thing that ruined Christmas or what would make Christmas a disaster? And I think it's an interesting question because it tells us something about what we feel is at the centre of Christmas for us or what we feel is really important or matters at Christmas. And sometimes the answer can be a surprise, can't it? Sometimes we think, wow, I didn't actually realise that was what was really important to me at Christmas time. And that was a lesson Mary had to learn in the play, wasn't it? <laughs> the whole play was really Mary learning the lesson that she actually wasn't at the centre of Christmas. Now, we, we kind of think Mary's important. You know, in Christmas plays, Mary is one of the central characters. But as the story tells us, Mary's not actually the most important one there. She'd tried to put herself at the centre of Christmas, and it just didn't work. Especially the pregnancy bit. That was kind of a bit of a... <laughs> But maybe you noticed something similar in the part of the Bible that Kathy just read for us. Maybe you noticed there's something going on there. Now look, obviously there's lots of things going on. Stacks of stuff happen in that story. Some of those things are quite weird. But there's one big point that it's trying to make for us. There is one big thing there. And actually that big thing isn't a thing. That big thing is a who. There's someone in the middle of that story. When you, when you actually look at it, his birth is actually literally right in the center of that story. And when you explore even further, you'll see all the details about him as well. Joseph and Mary are on this long journey, but his kind of in the back of their minds, his impending arrival. You know, their desperation to find a room, it's all because of this one who is coming. And when he's finally arrived, from that point, everything's about him, isn't it? The angels appear because of him the shepherds abandon their job to go to him in other parts of the bible we read of wise men who travel hundreds if not thousands of miles to get to him and when everyone leaves him all they're talking about is him see jesus is at the center of this story that's what the bible that's what god wants us to see when we read this story there is someone jesus right at the heart of it, right in the middle. 
Uh, when, when we were kids, we used to have um, you know, a little portable pool that we used to put up in the backyard in summer. Uh, you know, the, the, the smallish with the inflatable ring around the top and you fill it up and it, you, know, you have it through the summer. Now, if you've got a pool, you, know, you have to clean the pool. Pools get dirty like so, so fast. So every week we'd do the same thing. We'd stir the pool round and round and round until you get you know, a really nice whirlpool going. And then gradually, all that muck and the weird groobleys that grow in a pool, they, just, they slowly get dragged towards the middle. And then you can use your net uh, and scoop them out. Because that whirlpool brings it all together for you. It draws everything to the center. And it's what we see in this story, isn't it? Jesus is like a whirlpool. He just draws everything in to the center. Everyone and everything comes to and revolves around him. And that's not just an interesting fact to notice. It's something important. This first Christmas is a pattern for every Christmas that comes. It works and it matters and it makes the most sense because Jesus is at the center of it. Jesus is at the heart of it. And when we try to change that, when we try to replace him or put something else there, that's the moment that stuff starts to go wrong. One year when we were kids, uh, it might have been for a birthday, it might have been for Christmas, uh, a relative gave us off-brand Lego. Now, I don't know, kids, if you've ever been given off-brand Lego. It's called, like, interlocking blocks or stackable pieces of plastic. Uh, it's got some terrible generic name. Now, you can understand why you buy it, because for like the same amount of money, you can buy 10 times as much generic Lego as you can normal Lego. So, like, I get it. And it looks the same, doesn't it? Like, it looks like Lego. I mean, the colors are a little bit off sometimes, but it's the same principle. It's plastic. It's in the shape of a brick, and they click together. But they're not quite the same, are they? You know, they're not quite the same. Say you're trying to build something from your Lego set. You're trying to build a bridge or a big tower or something amazing. And that, that really important middle piece, you just can't find it from your normal Lego. So what do you do? Well, you grab one of your not-so-Lego pieces and you put that in. And it kind of fits, doesn't it? It kind of clicks in and it kind of, you know, fills the gap. But you know what's going to happen. You know what's going to happen eventually. Eventually, that block's just going to not fit quite properly. And, and your creation, your tower, or your bridge, or whatever it is, it's going to fail at that point, isn't it? Because off-brand Lego just doesn't quite work, doesn't it? If you try to replace real Lego with off-brand Lego, even if it looks similar, even if it's trying to do the same job, it just doesn't work. And Christmas is kind of the same. If you try to sub in something else or introduce something else, replace something else in Jesus' place, then Christmas doesn't quite work as well. It doesn't fit together as it should. And it's second best. See, it doesn't work because he's supposed to be there. He's the part that fits there. He's the only one who can live up to that spot. He's, he's you know, the right piece, the best piece. Because he's the most. That's what the Christmas story tells us, isn't it? It's, the Christmas story tells us that he is the most. Look at what the angel said uh, to the shepherds in the field. He said, uh, today in the town of David, a saviour has been born to you. He is the Messiah, the Lord. And when they, they all appear and they sing, what do they sing? They sing, he's come to bring peace. They say remarkable things 
about Jesus. They say that he's something unique. He's not just another man, even a special man who's been born. He is Saviour. He is Lord. He is the peace bringer. And all of that tells us that he has come not just to be, or not just because he wanted to visit, he's come for a real purpose. He's come to do something. And what does Saviour imply? It implies that there's something wrong that he's come to fix. Something wrong with our world, something wrong with us. It implies that there's things that are broken with our world, not working as they ought. Uh, Things that are broken in us as well. Things that we can't make right because we need someone to come and help us to do. So what it's telling us is he's come because we're in need. And the only thing that can make us right is a saviour. And that's who he is. He is a saviour. See, our brokenness isn't just an accident. It isn't just something that is. uh, It's not something that always was. It's something that's wrong. It's something that came when we rebelled against God, when we said, we don't want to do what you say. We want to do our own thing. The Bible's got a word for that. It calls it sin. And Christmas tells us Jesus has come to save us from that problem. He's come to forgive. He's come to fix. He's able because he's a saviour. He's able because he's Lord. Because he's powerful and good. He's come to bring peace. You know, where there was a gap between us and God, he's come to bridge it and to restore it and to bring us close again. He is unique. He is essential. And that's why he's at the center of Christmas. And what that means then is that only in Jesus can you find a Christmas that really works. A Christmas that really satisfies, a Christmas that really matters and means something. Everything else you try to put there will let you down. (laughs) Uh, The food, you know, one day it's going to disappoint you. One day it's not going to be quite right. The weather, I mean, it's Tasmania, like, let's be honest. (laughs) Families fight, presents break, cricket ends. But Jesus is... And he says that you can have him. And it's very simple. No hoops to jump through, no obstacles to clear or or great works that you have to do. He simply says, believe him, trust him, and he's yours. Believe you need him. Believe that only he can fix and forgive and give peace. Believe he is who he says he is. It is that simple. He wants you to know him. That's why he's come. He's come for good that he wants to give you because he loves you. So trust him and believe him. It won't change the weather on Christmas Day. It won't change how good the food tastes. But it will change your Christmas and your Christmases to come. And it will change for forever. Let me pray. Uh, Let's give thanks to God for him. Dear God, we thank you that in Christmas we have something really special. We have Jesus, your son. We thank you that he's a saviour who rescues. We thank you that he's the Lord who is powerful and good. We thank you that he's a peace bringer who heals and restores. We thank you that he forgives uh, us, that he fixes us where we had gone wrong. 
Father, we pray that you would help us to trust him, uh, to believe him, and to receive him, perhaps even for the first time this Christmas, that he would be at the center of not only our Christmases, but our lives as 